What's going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of Hello, How Are You Today? I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast uh, that's coming out every Monday. My name is Mitch Corbett. I am your host. And, uh, you know, I've been really enjoying the conversations that I've had with all the guests I've had so far. And I'm really looking forward to what other guests we're going to bring into the episodes. Um, this week is no different. We have one of the guests. Um, uh, they identify as non-binary, uh, Jill Pye or Nick Neck Jack, as they go by and other uh, when they're doing different various things. Uh, they are a uh, digital drag artist, a fashion designer, um, a Jill of all trades, a fashion student, and a parent too. Um, they have an absolutely crazy story. And by crazy, I mean crazy good because, uh, you know, they've, they've been through a lot and they've come out on the other side uh, for the better. And I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So let's get to it. Here's the conversation with uh, Jill Pye, a.k.a. Nick Knack Jack, or Nick Knack Jack, a.k.a. Jill Pye. And I hope I said that right. Let's get to the episode. All right, I am here with uh, Nick Knack Jack. Uh, is that correct? That That's right? correct, Nick Knack Jack. Um, and uh, we're here to talk about your artistry as well as other things. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to discuss that you have some great ears and some great teeth on you right now. So, care to explain this whole uh, this whole look that you have out going on right now, please? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I am. Um, I really love that there are little things that you can do to modify your appearance to feel more, um, I guess, comfortable. I, while I was growing up, I just never really felt comfortable in the way that uh, I was taught to present. I grew up very religious. So now I take every opportunity to look as weird as I can because it, in some ways, it actually makes me feel like I fit in more um because I'm not having that awkward uh trying to fit in it's very clear that I don't and I'm, I really embrace it so um I do walk around like this <laughs> I actually did in high school as well I had a pair of vampire teeth and uh um I just over the years my collection has grown <laughs> so I have various types uh, prosthetics that I use and uh, from fade a hobbit ears to um, those kind of things and they just make me feel more comfortable in my own skin well hey the more whatever makes you feel comfortable uh, in this interview uh, more power to you um, I wanted to ask your uh, I see you on Instagram I found you through Instagram through uh, Glutus Maximus uh, Maxi Darrell Lieberman um, I fell in love with your look oh. and everything I thought it was awesome <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah. I want to try to get Maxie on the podcast, but she's like so shy. That... Oh my God. <laughs> but I want to get her Maxie on Maxie is so humble. Like she's probably one of the most talented people I have ever met. Um, I was in love with her for a long time, <laughs> but no, she's, I mean, we went to college together and she was there for me during probably the hardest period of my entire life. So I have nothing but respect for her and love for her. And yeah, you should definitely get her on. Well, how about this? After this podcast, you can tell her whether or not you had a good time. And then you can tell her like, oh, hey, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I will. It's so fun. I'll I'll give you a backstory. Our relationship is like her and I shared a bus ride a long time ago. And that's where we 
and that's we kind of just talk 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 and then like uh i was like oh this girl's wicked she's so cool she's a writer she's creative i've been trying to get her actually do stand-up comedy for the longest time because i think she's hilarious um she's so funny like yeah, her, her statuses are hilarious exactly and uh and then for her like we were we met and we passed by a uh a teddy bear mausoleum thingy on the like on the bus ride from st Catharines to hamilton for some reason and uh her, her and i discussed like the idea of like making a movie based off like killer teddy bears or something ridiculous that sounds like, like maxi <laughs> so i've been trying to like write down like a whole like script and everything but I, I, little by little for the past like what almost 10 years i've been trying to write this thing but I digress. Uh, <laughs> so. I the writers thing is, yeah, like you've been trying to write something for so long, and it's. I totally get that, but yeah, no, you should definitely still do that because Maxie, like I've uh, worked with plays uh, or on plays with her before, and she's just brilliant. She really is. Like she's, I've read some of her uh, novels that she submitted for publication, and she's. She's one of those people that is just someday someone's going to pick up her books and then she's just going to blow up. I know it. I feel it. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would agree. I actually, uh, I'll show you. I, I still got her. <gasps> Were you there? Yeah, of course. I was there. <laughs> I helped with that. Oh, I helped with the casting i was actually supposed to play the lead but i couldn't because of where i lived but my ex actually did the music for that <laughs> okay. all right so what i'm showing for listeners is uh our friend maxi did a uh, a play uh was this for the hamilton fringe i think it was and she won and, this, and, fringe. and it was called this is not a musical to musical and so i guess joe and i went to the first night and it was really good. I was very entertained. I even took like uh, my friend. It was uh, so good. I took my friend Paulina, and she was like, "This is actually really good." Like she, she'd never been to a theater show or anything. I was like, "It was very cool." Yeah. No, she, she's been doing Fringe for so long, and like, yeah, she won Best in Fringe with that. And uh, I just, it's so cute and witty. And such an incredible concept that she put into words. Like when she first explained it to me, I was like, I don't know how you're going to do that, but I know it's you. So you can. <laughs> and, and she did. And it was incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about Maxie a little bit more probably on. Uh, <laughs> I could talk about like... her forever. So. I know, right? You really could. She is, she is very talented. Um, yeah. But you and yourself are very talented too. Like you're an Thank artist. You. Like I love the photographs that you take. And part of that is like, so you grew up in Windsor, we discussed earlier, which, mm -hmm. you know, is uh, for like, I'm going to say it's probably more conservative than anything. And you identify as non-binary. <laughs> so is that so like, how was that growing up experience sort of thing? So I grew up in a very religious home. It's it's an interesting story. Um, I don't have all the time to get into to the entire development of what you see before you today but I grew up in I would say evolution like a Pokemon like, doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah exactly exactly so um my family was very religious and we had some difficulties as a family my mom was very nomadic so we actually moved quite a lot and then we ended up moving up to 
Huntsville, Muskoka when I was 13, which is a very white straight cis town, or it was at the time. I know that some people are, are uh, changing that, but at the time it was more obvious when you didn't fit in. And I, <laughs> um, I really stuck more with the religion aspect to kind of make, I don't know, make myself obsolete if that makes sense i kind of like hide behind the shadows i guess maybe would be exactly i mean i was (laughs) i was like the emo kid at my school (laughs) and then it kind of drastically changed i met some people who i did really love but um it kind of led me down a really toxic road and i became ultra conservative and uh it's a long story but i kind of joined a cult and um ended up moving to Alaska where I was indoctrinated into very, uh, very religious. So was your real life the basis for Midsummer or something? Or is that pretty, pretty much? Uh, I just, I was very misguided and I've always really did have a heart for people. Um, in general, my mom was an HIV prevention worker and I saw her making a difference around her and I think I had a a skewed idea of how to do that and I pursued that and then when I was about 19 um I moved back to uh around this area like in Kitchener to go to college and everything kind of hit me where I was like oh the world isn't the way that I thought it was and I mean I knew that I was queer like I knew and I had confided in a couple of people who exploited that. Um, And so that kind of made me more afraid to say anything. Um, I had people in my church threatening to out me and stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty difficult. I was in love with um, a person in high school who I was told, you know, you can't be in love with that person and you can't hang out with that person because you know they're not Christian and that that relationship would be wrong and stuff like that so there was a lot of those voices in my head um that I had to come to terms with and it wasn't until I was about 25 where it really hit a brick wall and I was like okay are you going to be able to maintain this facade of being somebody that you're not or are you just going to full-on chaotically pursue your true identity and I did and it was a downward downward spiral but it came out really it turned out decent (laughs) well okay so let's I know it's very vague (laughs) yeah no let's back let's kind of like peel those layers off a little bit um so you joined the cult and went to Alaska. Now, for me, Alaska is this place that's full of beauty, nature. It's where a lot of people go to like kind of find themselves. So, like, was that like a therapeutic? Did the opposite. Opposite, really. It was to get rid of myself. It was. Oh, okay. I was in an ultra conservative. Like, I was a woman there. And I wasn't allowed to wear clothes that showed off any of my figure to like, you know, that would cause men to sin. Um, I was. Those damn I, sinners, those men were. Those sinners. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, 
I had, I was isolated. I wasn't allowed to have communication with my family or if I was, it was very like minimal and I wasn't allowed to leave the base without like supervision. And it was very much conversion therapy. So, uh, yeah, it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so then you go to, you go to college where you meet Maxie um, <laughs> and you kind of realize that, you know, there's more life. Like, so like, it's, I, I think it's strange. Like, so it seems kind of like you spent your entire life almost in high school until you're 25. Cause like, just from my own experiences, like living in a small town, growing up in a small town, you think, oh, this is how life is, blah, blah, blah. And then you go to college. And this is why I encourage every young person to either go to college or travel. Cause like, then you realize how big the world actually is. Like, because when I went to college, I met people that liked professional wrestling, that liked uh, comedy, that liked all these weird things that I enjoyed. Yeah. That didn't, you know, where I didn't find these people where I grew up to, from sort of things. So. That's a really good point. So I remember this very specific thing in high school. Somebody had broken into my locker and had stolen one of my lesbian mangas. <laughs> and oh, no, which one I, was it? Oh, I don't even remember. I think it was Nana. Um, so, all right. So, I'll give you. I'll give you a little side note. Uh, my wife is a huge uh, <clears throat> Magna fan, but she loves only gay manga, like boy. Yeah, because it's fantastic. Boy. She only likes boy, boy stuff. <laughs> um, but no, someone took it, and uh, my mom didn't know about that kind of stuff. It was given to me by some friends who were very supportive of who I was at the time, who I had confided in. Um, but it went around my one of my classrooms and I was uh, branded the D word. So it was very, yeah, it was traumatic for me. And then I remembered later on, um, you know, in my later 20s, I was like, oh, I really liked that. I forgot that. So one of my friends who was on the conservative side had actually made me burn all of my manga, all of my anime um merchandise had made me burn anything that wasn't a religious text all of my favorite movies which was interview with the vampire which is like <laughs> that's a classic that's a good movie that it's is like so a good really and good it movie. was very it was very queer which was why we <laughs> had to burn it and um i bought all that stuff back yeah well as you should i mean you're an adult you can make adult decisions like buying everything that was burned when you were younger <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah and I and I did have to wrestle with my own like bigotry and my own things inside of me that told me I wasn't allowed and now I just let myself do what I want pretty much like within within respectful boundaries of other people but I don't limit myself so now I'm like yeah I will walk around looking like a goblin because I can and I I want to <laughs> um so i want to kind of like i've lost my train of thought i know i want to go somewhere with this conversation um so you're so you're like ultra conservative and then you kind of like find yourself um i kind of want to like talk about uh sex in a sense because like i feel like you have this you might you may have this like different take on it and in the sense that like you've had so many probably different first time sexual experiences. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. So like how, how liberating 
were those experiences as you evolved? So here, oh, sorry, my cat just opened the door. I'm going <laughs> to close cat, the door. My, my cat's this sleeping is a in the closet. Conversation. <laughs> Hide your ears, cat. <laughs> Kickflip is like my best friend, and she doesn't like being anywhere not near me, but at the same time, I was afraid she would come in. And oh, leave. my cat's sleeping in the closet right now, <laughs> so oh. I feel you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, she's checking on me. Um, but so the thing is, is because I was ultra conservative, I actually did not have sex until my wedding night to my first marriage, um, which was 19. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> too young. <laughs> it's too young. And in my um, opinion, it was, um, people might agree, disagree, but in my opinion, I think I don't I think 19 is too young. I don't disagree. And the way that it happened um it left us both very scarred and um I mean I hate him for certain reasons but I also have a lot of other respect for him and we were young and we didn't understand and we were like I thought that I was part of his world that conservative Christian world but I I didn't fit there and we just weren't the same kind of people but as far as sex goes it was like on our wedding night and it was actually it was the night after the wedding night and uh it was very traumatic for me um and we decided not to for a while because I had such a hard time we weren't allowed to educate ourselves we weren't allowed to read about it we didn't know anything we didn't know that you needed lube or that you <laughs> should probably like, I mean, birth control wasn't a thing for us. And it was just like, you know, you go in and you do it. But no one explained how. And like, to me, I do believe that um, personally now <laughs> that certain people mix better sexually together than other people. And that certain parts don't always go together um, like we may have traditionally thought. Well, I mean, so, that's to, to your point. I mean, that's why, like, you know, when people like, oh, I've only been with one person my entire life. It's like, I feel kind of sad because it's like, yeah. you, you don't, you, 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 it's like, there's so many other puzzle pieces. <laughs> that I connect. Kind of it, like if you've only eaten one type of food and you're like, yes, I like this food. But then you don't know that there's other flavors. And I've heard other people be like, well, I don't need other flavors, but it's like, but but there's like have you had ice cream because like it's really good yeah and have you had ice cream that isn't just vanilla ice cream have you tried yeah. cream have you tried rollo have you tried strawberry milkshake have you tried uh cookie dough with chocolate chip s'more stuff on it sort of thing. exactly and you know i'm not i'm not knocking the people who prefer a more simple approach to life maybe they just don't it's overwhelming to them to have more. I, I can't make any judgments, but I know personally that that wasn't working for me. Yeah. And we, no, we can only speak to speak to our own experiences and what works for yeah. us. Uh, the people that, you know, spout that sort of dribble as if it's gospel are people that are, you know, bad people in the world. Sort of. And we're not trying to do that. Like I know one of my friend's uh, parents have been together since high school and they're the only person and they're, 
lovely and mm. just beautiful people. And so, but, and it works. Sometimes it works. Some people are very happy that way. I yeah. wasn't. <laughs> and I, you know, I did have conversations with him about, you know, like feeling the waters like, oh, you know, haha, what would you think if I had a penis? <laughs> and then he'd be like, uh, I wouldn't like you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. Um, what would you feel like if I had a beard? <laughs> and he was like, no, I like women. I'm like, okay. So in speaks that like uh, you, that um, that relationship is obviously over. Um, yeah. Do you guys still keep in touch? Like has no. he grown from that? No, okay. <laughs> That's a big old no on that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, we tried. We yeah. did try to maintain a friendship. There were some very severe traumas there for us. Um, we had lost several pregnancies, which I, I had... It had turned me kind of cold towards him because of how he reacted. And I didn't think at the time I judged the way he grieved. Um, I don't so much anymore, but to me, I thought it was very um, isolating. And we also had experienced um, a betrayal of a friendship that it was, it's complicated, but Essentially, someone who was very close to us ended up assaulting me, and it was someone from the church, and it was um, it was a big rift between the two of us because it was someone that they had known their whole life, and the church really took sides, and it wasn't my side. And uh, That's because you're a female. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or identified as a female back then. At so. the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what they thought. So it was very... It was we had a lot of struggles and after five years I was like, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And it was very hard for me because my entire, everything was wrapped up in that community. My, all of my supports, all of my friendships, and I lost everything. I ended up homeless. I lived in a shelter for a while. Um, I attempted suicide. Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning there. Um, okay. <laughs> several times and ended up in the hospital. I was um, not speaking to my family. I, it was very, it was a very, very hard time for me. And then on the subject of sex, I was just like smorgasbord. Like I was in full, um, it was a destructive path for sure, but I was just, I was free. <laughs> so everybody <laughs> was fair game <laughs> everybody and everybody anybody it was uh yeah it was like a solid year of that it was and, as, as if it was like the musical or, or that song it's raining men but it's just raining sex <laughs> it's just, just coming down from all sorts of fucking places exactly and it was it was a free-for-all and it was just like you know in some ways i'm i mean i don't regret it and i was safe for the most part um, I did make some risks, but they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it seems kind of, it, it, it's important. It's important to have these kind of conversations. Cause like, I don't have that life experience. Um, and I enjoy talking to people that do have like, you know, have gone through the shit, um, like you have yourself. Um, so kind of talk me through like how you got out of all of that lifestyle and how you've become this wonderful human being that I see before me right now. 
stripping. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, to get out of homelessness and to get back on my feet, I became a stripper and it was the best thing I ever did for myself. And not everybody knows this, so. <laughs> um, no one listens sorry, to this Molly. podcast anyways, don't worry. <laughs> <It's> only... <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, I did that and um, I was able to afford my own apartment I was really skinny at the time because I was not eating for days at a time. And it was very hard to start out because I had nothing and you had to like pay for your time to be on stage. You had to tip the security and you had to like, I live far away from it. So I had to take a bus. It sounds like it's like working in a kitchen, (laughs) tip out and everything like that. Yeah. So to start out and you have to buy boots and costumes and things like that. So I was living very incredibly, incredibly frugally. And I was practicing like every day and doing what I could to stay there. And that's, um, I didn't even do it for that long, but it was enough to get back on my feet. And um, I did some like cam work and stuff. And then I just kind of saved up everything I could. And I was able to get my own apartment, which is its own story as well because at the time one of my friends who was still a friend of mine from the church um who is now with my ex (laughs) helped me find an apartment and it was a whole thing because i had moved in with this couple and there was jealousy involved so i had to get my own apartment and um anyway it i i know my story is like I no, it's fine. It it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears right now. I'm just listening. Fucking go on. <laughs> well, yeah. And so I was working at a club and um, I was talking. I wasn't like really ready to date. It was very much just like disposable one night. Um, and uh, I just wasn't. I was slowly building myself back up and I was in yeah. counseling. I took CBT. Um, I really did want to. Which, you know, to your point, like, I don't know anything about recovery, but for me, it seems like when you're on the path of recovery, it's never like a, oh, I'm better now. It's the slow, you know, baby step process. So maybe, mm. yeah, keep on going. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Well, I knew that I couldn't do, I couldn't build from nothing and I needed skills that I hadn't learned yet and the world to me was still new Mm -hmm. like I didn't understand the way things worked I still have sometimes I have to ask myself like it's it's so weird that you sound you kind of sound like that show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt almost I relate to her so much (laughs) because like I was like what is this (laughs) because it's nothing like what I thought it was it I I don't it's it was mind blowing to me, the world, it's like it changed color. Like, and it was, I didn't understand how things worked. I was, I don't know, like my father was not very religious and tried. He really tried to teach me. And my mom did in her own way, I guess, to, but she is very like wildernessy. She just wants to live alone, secluded, nothing to do with government. Like, forager and my dad is a government worker who is you know 
worked every day of his life and he was like you need to like save money and go to the bank and and stuff like that and then I was in this community that was like no give all your money to the church um you're supposed to be poor uh <laughs> like <laughs> so I was very confused and um and I always have worked I just I moved around a lot so it was different things and now I was like okay well I obviously don't know how to do this so I need to go to a therapist or a counselor who can help me figure out what are my first steps because I'm clearly not functional in society so I talked to a counselor and I was in CBT which was a whole process because you do have to what is CBT sorry oh uh, cognitive behavior therapy okay it's basically training your mind to think differently and um it it's very helpful for people with personality disorders or traumatic events to because your brain has these little pathways um the more something happens the deeper the pathway and that's going to be your first instinct in reaction to what happens around you and you kind of have to build new pathways and then practice them so they become deeper than your old patterns and I had to do that like especially with money because I was not in control of my own money when I was in my previous relationship he controlled I didn't have a bank account um it was you know he was the head of the house so all the decisions of everything we did were his and then my whole life I was like it it opened up and I was like this is all your responsibility now (laughs) I was like what <laughs> I never had a credit card. It's I, ex- you're exactly like uh, Ricky Bobby and Ty- I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Know. <laughs> exactly. You're giving you're giving all this like you're giving all this freedom, but no one's ever taught you like how to use your freedom correctly or like uh, responsibly or anything. Yeah, um, and I made a lot of mistakes like uh, with it because I didn't know. You know, and I think I, I'm so mad at the school system for not teaching us budgeting or taxes or, you know, things like, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a whole realm of financial responsibility that my generation very specifically and people who come from my background as well are just completely unawares of and yeah and I mean to further that I mean like when you're young you also don't like when you're being taught in school you're being taught one way and then when my parents personally tried to teach me financial responsibility I kind of ignored it and it's a huge regret in my personal life sort of thing so I agree like it should be taught in schools there's many things that should be got taught in our school systems currently that are not taught so we can save that conversation for another day <laughs> um exactly but sex so, work was that way. I'm just going to finish there. Sex work was my way to kind of rebuild that as fast as I could. And mm-hmm. a lot of people I talked to, you know, help, it helped them get through college. It helped them build their lives like the foundationally um, because it is quicker money. It is hard work, which I don't think people realize. But at the time, I didn't have anything else. And that was my primary focus was to get myself out of poverty. So that's what I did. It's funny, like so many people have started like doing those uh, OnlyFans pages, right? Mm-hmm. And like making good money from those things. And like I yeah. see people like you know comments like, "Oh, it's wrong," or like there was a story in Newfoundland where someone had a, a, a mother had her OnlyFans post a sticker on her car, and someone commented, and "It's like 
hey man, if she needs to, if she needs to do that to make money, if she, that's what she likes to do. I mean, you can't you can't tell people they can't make money the way they want to make money. They they I think now yeah. more more than ever you have to allow people to like try and have fun and do stuff because I mean mental health. Well, it's is also so massively hypocritical. Yeah, like it's massively hypocritical because sex work is like you wouldn't expect it, but it's in a lot of different like. A lot of our favorite movies have, you know, dancing or um, like pole work. Um, even like, I mean, when someone's like, oh, she has my, my OnlyFans. I'm like, do you watch porn? Like, <laughs> shut up. You're you're a hypocrite. Like, I just, sex work is completely valid work. It's not, I don't know why people think that they can disregard something that is so or disrespect something that is so inherently human. Like people yeah. crave intimacy. And the fact that you can go to the grocery store and buy food, but you think that it's dirty to pay for sex, like, come on, it's a need. Like yeah. for a lot of people, it's a need. So just leave it alone. So you mentioned uh, uh, dancing, stripping. Um, I know that it's probably one of the most athletic and difficult things that someone can do like male or female um so how did you how like from being homelessness to being a stripper like i mean that's a very strong physical toll on one's body how did you develop those skills well i was very lucky because my club had lessons and you could come early to practice on the poles so i did and I was there like every day at 4.30 and just practiced. And I watched a lot of YouTube videos. And so like when you see that, you know, that, that physical change in yourself and you see that your confidence growing, obviously, because I feel like your confidence probably grew uh, exponentially from being able to perform. Um, yeah. Did that help you make that transition into like, you know, um, that spot where you are 25 and going to college? Well, like, I mean, it was after that. Um, it was significantly after that. This was like, I was 26, 27. It was after, yeah. Um, like I'm only, I'm 28 now. So it, it wasn't (laughs) long ago. Uh, actually it, I think it was 26. It sometimes it all blends together, but well, this kind of like this conversation is all kind of blended. I thought we were going chronologically. No. I'm um, not a chronological person. To me, <laughs> my mind is mushrooms. Everything okay. is like interconnected. And I have a hard time sometimes explaining that. And then people look at me like, I don't know where you're going with this. And I'm like, well, why can't you see into my mind? I don't understand. <laughs> All right. So you. I you lost call- my husband. I was homeless. Yeah. I became a stripper to get out of that. Okay. And then. But all right, so let's let's talk about the now. Let's talk about yeah. you are you are an artist. You do uh, crafts. How has art benefited you uh, mentally or physically or any sort of way? Yeah, so I've been an artist my whole life. Um, when I was little, I used to put on plays for my trailer park. I would get all the neighborhood kids involved, and I would write them scripts and make them costumes, and we would perform. Um, I was in theater my whole life. Uh, It was my outlet. 
to be able to dress up without judgment, uh, minor judgment. Some of my family members were like, like, why are you like a boy all the time on stage? I'm like, I don't know. They just put me there. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I have been a writer for a long time. I started writing poetry when I was about seven and I started sewing around the same time. And uh, my mom taught me how to sew. Uh, I, my first thing I sewed was a pillow for my new baby sister. And ever since then, I started working on my own clothes. Um, and just like slowly learning, I guess, learning how to put buttons on. I made a lot of sock monkeys that kind of evolved more into um, bigger outfits. I'm in fashion design now, actually, but uh, that's something I always wanted to pursue. I was supposed to pursue that out of high school, but then chose, you know, cult. But <laughs> I was going to say it. I'm glad you did. I was going to be like, you chose cult. <laughs> I did. Yeah, no, I did. Um, but art's always been a huge part of my life. And I actually published my first book when I was 23. Okay, what's had, the book? Um, it's called Treetop Dreams. It's a children's book that I... Um, was the author and co-illustrator for. And um, that for me was a huge accomplishment. I did it in a very deep bout of depression. It was originally a poem for my mother. Um, and it just kind of expanded. And then it was a book. I worked on publishing it. I had left my husband, the, my ex-husband the first time. And so I had like a lull in my life and that's what I was working on. And then... From there, um, I was like, well, I would really like to try and do a comic. So then I started really like looking into comics, reading comics. Um, my favorite is Skin and Earth by Lights, who is a mus Canadian musician. I love author. her. She's so talented. I She has had a very big influence in me. And from comics came cosplay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's this? And uh, I've heard of cosplay before in high school because the person that I was in love with was really into it, but I it was a no-no for me, not allowed to do that. So then I was like, wow, I'm allowed to do this now. So then I started um, about a year ago, working more on, a year and a half ago, working more on cosplay. And then from cosplay, looking up cosplay, I saw drag and I was like, Oh, I like that. <laughs> and so one thing just kind of led me to another like rabbit holes, you know, and things that were connected. Again, um, art is very universal. I was talking to my spouse about this too. Like if you think about architecture or cars, like someone had to draw it, someone had to think of it. Um, someone had to write it down. Like it's all, I, I do believe a lot of, everything stems from art um and it's weird to me when people think we can live without it because it's very much a core of how we function mm. as humans and it just kind of it's hard to put into words because it wasn't really a cognitive thought but uh, I was just like you know what I have always loved performance um and I'm gonna try this and so my first real drag show was in October of last year where I was dressed as Damon Salvatore and I did a pretty reckless lip sync 
Oh, nice. And my one of my my one of my good friends, her favorite band is Pretty Reckless. How can you not like Taylor Momsen? Yeah, uh, yeah. that's what she says too. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so and and I and I started making friends in the community, and it just kind of blossom from there and i've just gotten weirder since like so just... with, with that show did you perform and create your own costume or was it mm-hmm. okay cool so like what so like when you're leading up when you get this idea of like oh you're going to perform and you're going to design your own for your first costume for the first time mm-hmm. what are the nerves and what are the excitement like on that first time so i don't think i operate the same way as other people um, no, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I am a jumper. Uh, okay. I just jump right into it. I don't really feel fear anymore. Well, I think, yeah, you've you've been through enough that I think that, you know, <laughs> that might not like maybe from a plane, but, you know, nah. just like like normal, like tendency, <laughs> like going on stage, probably not a big deal for you. <laughs> it, it's interesting because if I'm not dressed up, then there is a sense of vulnerability for me. But if I am dressed up, I don't care. <laughs> so um, I also, I didn't make that costume from scratch. I more designed what I wanted and thrifted parts of it. I did make some of it from scratch, but most of the time when I design, I try to use upcycling. Cause again, I don't have endless resources. Um, one of the things that happened was I met my partner and he has two kids. He was a single dad. So I also jumped right in and was like, I'll raise your babies. So now I, now I have two kids <laughs> and I'm a full-time stay-at-home parent right now. And we'll be going back to work in September. And through that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to fashion school, fashion school online so that you know, when this period of time is done, I have something that I really am looking forward to going to. Um, so that first show, it was more, um, I mean, I did have nerves in the sense that I didn't really know what I was doing. And I wasn't quite sure. I was like, okay, I'm a drag king, like I'll dress like a man. And then since then, I've developed into I'm going to dress like how I want and if anyone has a problem with that like I don't care because I did get some people who are like oh you're a soft boy or you know you're not actually a drag king and I'm like no you're right I'm not I'm a thing I'm just a thing I'm a thing I love it and (laughs) I'm a drag thing and I am totally owning that now and I think it is just like you said baby steps and everything leads to another and it's a new paradigm shift it's new thing and after that show and people were like wow you're good at that like the people that I trust like oh I didn't know that you know you could combine all the things that you're good at into one thing and I was like I didn't know either (laughs) so it's been going from there and I did a drag show um not long ago that was pirate themed and I owned it that was my element I had five costume changes I was a siren, I was a pirate, I was a maiden, and that's very much a core of who I am. I'm like, there's so many elements and parts to me, so be able to show that um, and to express it was just, that 
that was a whole new thing to me. Okay, so here's a fun question for you. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of Penzance. I don't know what that is. No? Oh. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You're such a theater buff. And, like, you love pirates. I know. It's one of the you best have... musicals that you could ever see in person. I Okay, so I, in the sense that I've heard it in passing. Okay. But I just... You should, if you can go out of your way when stuff opens up in Ontario and find a Pirates of Penzance production, I think you'll fall in love with it. It's a musical, it's pirates, it's, I went, I saw it when I was very young at Stratford Festival and it was like so amazing, so awesome, so. I've been to Stratford Festival, I've seen so many shows there. All right, so yeah, me too, what's your favorite that you saw? Oh, um, there's so many. I saw the Hunchback. Oh and wow! That was really special. I was young and I was like, "This is a sad story," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really liked that because I guess I just relate to tragedy. But <laughs> I also really liked Narnia, um, just because I know that it's a very religiously influenced series but I also saw a lot of myself in some of the characters and the way that they put it on stage was amazing and you know how Stratford has like um, little museums that are dedicated to the shows that are happening they have like you can go into the museums and it's like all these things about Narnia and there was a four thrones set up and I was like Oh, I'm the fucking king. I like I put the crown on and I was just like, yes, King of Narnia. <laughs> um so theater's a huge thing. Um, you're doing costume design now, or not costume, but like fashion design. Yeah. Um and I want to go feel- into costume, but I also want to do non-binary lingerie. Uh, and that stuff will or, like, eventually like, like it's it, like you're you're still like we're still young. There's still plenty of time for all these things to happen, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool. There's that- so much I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool Sorry. that you, you know you're a mother now as well, and you ha- have like mm. these two little things that are probably like great fashion models. So how much fun do you have <laughs> with that? <laughs> so much fun. One is nine and loves every. Every time I'm sketching. She's right there, like under my table, like that looks great. That looks great. What are you gonna do? That can't be good for her neck, though. It's like maybe it's not. Maybe get it, maybe get her a stool so she can look over your shoulder. (laughs) She is so interested. She's always like, like, so this week is actually we're doing like a fairy themed week to celebrate that she did such a good job in school. So I dressed them up like fairies and we went into the park and they played fairies and they had wings and walls. That sounds wonderful. That sounds really wonderful. So um, definitely, like, my nine-year-old is full of magic and everything to her. Like, last year, I dressed her up as a mermaid. She wanted to be a tiger. Like, for me to be able to kind of make her dreams come true as somebody who understands that kind of stuff, because I don't think every adult does um, and understand that kind of imagination and that kind of, like, wonder so it's a very special experience for me to be able to understand to an extent 
and to kind of foster that in her and be able to help her express those kind of things for her. So me and her really connect on that level. And it's always dress up day here. Like if they want to go out in princess dresses, I'm not going to stop them. You know, it's, I, they have access to my costume box anytime and they have their own. So um, the other one is three and she's a little more hoity toity. Uh, she's a little more delicate and she doesn't really like costumes on her um yet i mean yet (laughs) but if she doesn't i will respect that not everybody i feel feel like i feel like a three-year-old probably doesn't like anything on them sort of thing no she would much rather just run around naked but uh that's yeah she's (laughs) she does ask me um oftentimes like the pictures that you see on Instagram, they take me two to five, sometimes seven hours to put together a look. So I'm often half in drag or half in costume when I'm taking care of my kids. Um, like making chicken nuggets, like with a baby on my you know, side with half makeup and they ask questions. They're like, oh, what are you today? Are you a cat? And I'm like, no, I'm not a cat. I'm a wolf today and you know and it's very open and they also are incredible with pronouns like Mm -hmm. when I'm in drag they call me drag and when I they use he them and it has taken some time because it's not super common yet and it's not super taught in schools but I mean and within the appropriate appropriate understanding of things I think sometimes people think that sex and gender are are always together and they're like don't sexualize the children and it's like okay well that's not accurate at all and uh some people have talked to me about like do you think that's okay for you to be doing that and I'm like yes yes I do because it means that they're gonna see that it's okay like yeah I don't understand what your question is so like with all of that life experience that you do have do you feel like that's better prepared you for motherhood in terms of like being able to identify with their struggles that they might have as they grow older? A hundred percent. I mean, I grew up in a split family and we have a complicated dynamic here as well. And I think I can relate to them more on that being remembering of being that child. And um, my daughter does have ADHD and I do too. So I know kind of, I, at least I wouldn't say I know, but I have insight into what might be better um, for her as to what might work more behaviorally. Now I'm not perfect in any way. I make my own mistakes and I'm sure they're going to be like, you used to do this. And like, I hated it. <laughs> and I'm prepared for that <laughs> to an extent. Teenage years are going to be something else, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. As they uh, are. <laughs> It's fascinating, though. As you grow older, you just like you realize how insignificant high school really was in your grand scheme of life experiences. It is to an extent, but I think that's the place where you start realizing that you are a human, like you are going somewhere. Because when you're a kid, you just have no concept of time or of responsibility. And then you're in high school and you're like, huh? I see, like, I would agree with that to an extent, but I feel like you really don't find yourself until you leave the nest, right? Like, until you had to do your own laundry and cook your own meals. Like, 
a part of me was like, I need to go away from, you know, as far away from King Cardinal as I possibly can within Rome. And so I went to Niagara Falls, it was like three and a half hours away. There's no going back every weekend to get the oh, laundry yeah. done sort of thing. Right. So, well, and like, and you mentioned how like high school is like where you start to grow and everything, but it's also like one of those places where like, anytime you show any sort of difference or growth or like as a human, you know, there are so many uh, narratives that just like, no, you can't do that. You shouldn't yeah. do that. Blah, blah, blah. So like, it's very, I, my idea of high school and education system is a very skewed right now. In my- <laughs> and that's totally fair. And that's where you're at. And I think that's valid. Mm. Um, I've always had to be very independent. So laundry and cooking and dishes wasn't really a strange thing to me. Um, yeah. But I get that that's a different experience <laughs> it's funny it's funny you mentioned laundry like uh, yesterday like my saturday was just like i got stoned i did laundry <laughs> i watched some kill tony i did two podcasts and then i went to bed at 9 p.m and i woke up at 9 a.m and i feel <laughs> so great i'm like i'm winning an adult life right now <laughs> you are that's fantastic it's it's different too like i don't know if you ever plan to have children but the laundry yeah. never never ends you yeah. do have one or you are planning to have one so the wife and i want to go to one big uh, uh one more big vacation before we go for a kid and we're gonna try and go to japan <gasps> oh yay yeah that's one of our favorite places and i've never been there and i i love professional wrestling i don't know if you can see the belt behind me i see i like your background thank you so much um so i know there's a big wrestling scene there i know there's a big anime magna um manga uh, seen there so like those are all of our interests and it's beautiful there so we're hoping you know hoping in 2022 we can get down to japan and and, and then maybe maybe have a baby <laughs> who knows like maybe in japan that's where it'll happen oh yeah lots of sake for sure you know <laughs> we're definitely gonna, gonna make that a thing <laughs> yeah no honestly though that's a it's a really good i think that i mean I think it's very smart to plan for family and to plan to have those moments beforehand because (laughs) your life's not yours anymore when you're a parent. It's not a, you're the last priority. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because like I'm a comedian as well. And like, I've been trying to think of this idea of a, how do I identify with parents and like how do, because you know, the whole narrative of a parent is that, Oh, you single people don't understand what it's like. And I'm like, that's not true. I see you at the grocery store and you all look exhausted as shit. So like, I identify with that sort of thing. <laughs> and like, I will say it is a different, but I mean, I don't, I don't think you can ever really say that someone doesn't know what yeah. exhaustion feels like because you don't know what's exhausting to them. My mm. spouse thrives in parenthood, thrives in it. He doesn't, it's like he was born for it. And there's no challenges for him. It's just, he was, his personality is so well suited to it. And for me, it's definitely more difficult to go for without sleep. But I don't think that the parent experience is the same for everybody. And to say like, oh, you don't know how tired we are. Like, well, if you've ever worked nights, you know what tired is (laughs) or like shift work. Like, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, this has been a recurring theme on podcasts, but I referenced my life work on cruise ships, which was like 10 hours a day, no days off, yeah. six for six months straight. Like, 
and it's like life in general is exhausting and you, and you add on to it sort of thing um it is and you wake you make it work like you make it work yeah. it, you work with the exhaustion you find times it, it you know to uh to replenish yourself and if you have a good relationship with your partner and you're able to communicate like hey can i sleep in today or like can we figure out a time where it's just the two of us or whatever like I think that it's a very doable thing. Um, I know. And you shouldn't compare people's experiences to, because you, you don't know the whole story and you don't know the well, whole thing. as my job as a comedian, I have to kind of have a little bit of comparison just to poke fun at people. Sort I of mean, thing. <laughs> but that's the farce of it, right? Yeah, like that, that is the farce exactly. of it. And you can do that in, I mean, there is a place for everything. Yeah. I don't, I don't live in absolutes. Yeah. No. Yeah, I would assume you of all people would not live in absolutes. No. <laughs> so, no I, so we talked about parenthood for a little bit. We've talked about your struggles, uh, your past, and everything. So let's talk about some fun stuff. Uh, you hey. mentioned you mentioned cosplay. You mentioned manga. Um, hmm. What do you have? Like a favorite anime? Do you have a favorite uh, costume that you've ever done for cosplay? Or do you have a favorite like festival that you go to for cosplay? So, okay, so um, a lot of my discovery of love for cosplay and drag has happened in quarantine. So I haven't been able to go to many cons or anything throughout my life. Um, I want to. Okay. <laughs> um, and again, like as a kid, I wasn't in high school or a teenager. I wasn't allowed to. So... I haven't really had those experiences yet and I'm looking forward to when I can. So is this something that you like with cosplay and that seems like you something you want to do, is this something that you like, it feels like it's a perfect opportunity for you to not only cosplay and get that self, uh, 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 lose my train of thought again, that, that, that's sort of like glory of doing your, but at the same time, I think it's a perfect opportunity for you and your family to do like something as like a family costume. Is that something that you may want to do? Yeah. <laughs> so I am, I have super like fixations. So when you ask me what my favorite anime in, is and stuff, I've watched a significant, I mean, my favorite is Yuri on Ice. <laughs> that's my wife's. God damn it. You guys will get along so well. <laughs> it's, just so gay. That moment, that Love moment, where, that, that one moment where they kiss, she's like, <laughs> I, every time I cry, I don't know. I've seen it so often and it's just so beautiful. And it's just, I don't know. I used to also watch ice skating. I, I, I used to ice skate actually as a kid. Uh, like my brother was in hockey and I was in ice skating. So I was just like, oh, ice skating anime. And like, I used to watch it on the Olympics and stuff. And then I was like, but make it gay? Okay. <laughs> I love it. So I watched that 10 billion times. But my when you're talking about the kids and dressing them up, our go-to for Halloween, we're very Halloween-oriented family. Same. And um, we love Over the Garden Wall. It's an old cartoon network. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I feel like I, like, as soon as you said it, like, I have some sort of recollection, but not a strong one. So all the episodes are on the Cartoon Network, if you look it up. Um, they're only 10-minute episodes. It was a, a small series. It actually stars Elijah Wood, and it's a very, actually, Maxie showed me this. 
and it is a very gorgeous animation about um it's it's hard to say without giving it away but it's it's very much like a kid exploring his own um uh, I don't know like his well, place how, in the how, world how, how how old is the series if it's within it's you young get, it's oh so it's newer oh oh sorry it, it's like they're younger kids but no it's like um it's probably early 2000s I would oh, say oh yeah, you can tell us about it it's fine yeah <laughs> you can spoil it it's okay <laughs> no <laughs> it's, it's past it's past the spoiler date it's like they're in like a purgatory essentially okay and you kind of just go on this journey with them as to why and right. and there's other characters there who have their own reasons for being there and it's just it's an incredible animation and our family loves it it has an incredible soundtrack by the blasting company they actually just released six more songs this year from it that were in that they never released from production um it's very like old timey and um, it looks like it's got like plushies and everything too yeah it's it's got a cult following for sure and uh a lot of people found it very helpful in explaining like death and life and um we just love it so my spouse and i have talked about um potentially going at like the costumes are adorable um and they'd be very doable uh for me to create um so that's something that i would love to go as a con or to a con with at, with the family dressed like that and um yeah uh, there's, so, if, uh, so if i can make any recommendation for you um yeah. um anime north is a fantastic fantastic experience very good things it is it is it's it's not just anime it's comics it's uh it's it's, it's there's professional wrestling there that's how i got to go the first time it is such a wonderful experience. And I remember specifically going and just like taking photographs of everyone and everything. I have like a whole Facebook post about it. And then I was with my, uh, there was another wrestler there and there's like, oh, I'm just here to wrestle. I'm like, how do you not find this such a cool place to be right now? And yeah. I feel like if you're looking for a place to start, I think Anime North is, it's such a wonderful experience. And I highly recommend you do that one. That would be the great one. I've heard good things and I, I take that record recommendation seriously. I do. I want to go there. I um I've been to a couple of drag shows actually, and I would love to go to some more um, of those as well. Um, bigger ones. I have my eye on um, some comic cons that are like, we watched um, WandaVision Mm. And I, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. And I don't generally like Marvel, and that everyone's gonna hate me now, um, because I just don't. You're really, not really a nerd. How can you? No, say I know, right? <laughs> but I just don't relate to the characters. There to me, they're so straight. Like I'm sure somebody relates to them in some way but to me they just they just seem like vapid <laughs> mm. um i just never really got into it i i shouldn't make judgments I well just, actually it, so like i'll tell you this so like the strategy that they're doing is they first identify they they brought the marvel universe with like 
the people that you know everyone knows right yeah and now with this new phase with one division and all that they are venturing into like the elements where like they are yeah. going to explore like the the weirder more eccentric characters and everything so that's you might be um you might that's what that, i want i think you might be ready to step on the marvel train and be like oh yeah they're doing it more to my liking sort of thing my partner's tried like he's really tried to what get is he, me. What, what, is, what is he showing you to get you into this sort of thing? We want, okay, so we did watch like the chronological, like 19 of them or 27, whatever. It's not how you get someone who doesn't like you to do it. You gotta start started... off with some, you gotta start off with Guardians of the Galaxy or like Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> like something that's so I, yeah. I was like, Oh, I don't even remember what the first one was. If it was like the first Captain America or something, I was like, this is boring. I the hate The first one war. would be Iron Man from 2008. Oh, Iron Man. Okay, so Iron Man, I was just like, the first one, I was like, I hate this. Like, this is corporation <laughs> bullshit. I, like, I don't like it at all. And then we watched, you know, like that war one, Captain America. I hate war movies because I don't agree with it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it just makes me uncomfortable. So I was just like, oh, this is boring and not interesting to me. And there are a couple that did stand out to me. I love Black Panther. Um, I thought that was super well done and interesting. Um, Thor Ragnarok, I mean, it was fun. That's one of my favorite comedies. Like, I, as a comedy, if, uh, like, someone loves comedies, I'm like, there's so many good fucking jokes in that fucking it's movie. really good it's well written i okay so here's the thing i love into the spider-verse Ooh, yeah i don't like the spider-man live actions at all um are you saying um, like that for like all of them or like have you tried the tom holland ones i've watched all the Tommy mcguire ones all of the andrew garfield ones or all two of them and then the tom holland and i just don't like it and i do i feel so bad i feel like a bad nerd <laughs> do you, um just wait until they do the uh, multiverse spider-man where it's uh where they, they're have bringing garfield and all those guys back for like a multiverse one they're, gonna know, do, I, they're doing spider into the verse live action which to be determined how that will work out shall we <laughs> I just i guess i just never really formed an emotional connection with anybody I mean, you can identify with a, a nerdy white boy that shoots webs from his fingers and tries to get really. the white redhead girl to fall in love with him. Sir. No, that doesn't that doesn't identify with you. Doesn't do it for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, and like, Big I think with, well, I think with WandaVision, that was a turning point for me that Marvel like Black Panther definitely was emotional. And but again, not as much of a relation to it. And I think that is something definitely for me that I, um, if something like for when I watched the Lord of the Rings, now that mm. was an obsession for me. That yeah. was like, these are people I, I understood. I don't so, understand Marvel characters, but with so, WandaVision oh, with the, Oh, no, I want to go back. I mean, a little bit like, you're starting to now identify the characters and in film and TV. Um, were you not allowed to watch or read anything back? No, fuck. Jesus Christ. I, I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter or watch Harry Potter. My mom was very adamant as to an age 
for Lord of the Rings. I was 13 when I first was allowed to read them. And um, when I was in high school, she did give me more freedom, mostly because I wouldn't let her not. <laughs> and I did stumble on some things that were not. So I stumbled upon the Sookie Stackhouse novels, which are True Blood series, which I hid and read at, read at school. She found my novels, confiscated them, and then she bought the rest because she had read them and liked them. And then I found her collection. And then the did you guys watch the TV series together? Okay, so she tried. And I was 16, and it's very, very graphic. And, oh, yeah. like, I, I that that period Lots of, time, of sexuality in that show. A lot. And, and swearing and stuff like that. And before, it was, like, nothing. It was, like, TVL kids. And, like, you know, so she was starting to introduce me. Well, she wasn't trying to. I just wouldn't let her not anymore. And mm. so she wanted to control it as well. So she would put a... Uh, a towel over the screen at times that she thought was not and turn the volume off. So then I would miss parts when that section was done. So then I just ended up telling my mom, I was going to my friend Sydney's house and we would go watch it at her. I'm going to watch the dirty scenes. And, but yeah, I, I hadn't read Harry Potter until I was an adult. Um, Lord of the Rings. I mean, my mom did read us the Hobbit. And again, like there are certain books that were religiously influenced that we were allowed but if it had witches and wizards it was very precarious I was allowed to read Narnia even though it had a witch because she was bad um but like Wicked I wasn't allowed to watch or read Wicked um Wizard of Oz was more introduced to me a little bit later and I was actually in the play before I had ever read the book or watched the movie um like everything I had read beforehand was like Anna Green Gables and so I just imagine you going for the audition like so what's my character here uh have yeah. you not have you not heard about this before like, <laughs> no, what, what is my character for this like that's been a lot <laughs> but I think that's a, another reason why I'm having so much fun with everything because it's all new to me and it hasn't mm. been new to everybody for a while and I'm just experiencing it I read the first book with my daughter I had I read it beforehand like Harry Potter but I read it with my daughter. She's nine. And we watched the movie. And like, she loved it. And she's a Gryffindor and everything. I know, like, it's it's hard within the trans community. Because the author is. <laughs> yeah, she's seen uh, it, if we will say that. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of her. But the world that she created did help other people. And I don't think you can throw everything out with that um I won't I, I can't really go more into it as far as that is I did do a little dig at it um on my Instagram where I did if the Hogwarts houses were were mustaches like queer mustaches mm -hmm. you know and I think there are people in the queer community reclaiming yeah um uh, so the thing with that and I'll like with JK Rowling like she's put out these opinions that you know not everyone agrees with because based off her uh, her books, like you'd think she'd be more inclined to like you would think be a supporter of you know LGBTQ uh, community and etc. Um, I don't know how much she's been influenced by the money that she and the people that she surrounds herself with that you know might have changed her, which you know 
is a very dangerous thing to do when you have so much money, in my opinion. Um, but I want to get back more to you because this podcast is about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're talking about how like you are still experiencing life as if like new stuff. And you have these two beautiful young children that experience new things all the time. Mm-hmm. How awesome is it to be able to ex- experience that with them together? The best. It's the best. And because it's like we're at the same place, you know, and I don't think, again, that happens very often for kids and adults to have like a place where they can meet and really relate. And again, because I didn't, you know, I didn't make them. Um, it's sometimes I find a hard time, a harder time finding connection places for us. So here, you know, in this realm of fantasy is where we can just, you know, I'm not the parent there. You know, I'm somebody there experiencing the exact same thing in the exact same time that they are. I've never been to Disney World. Um, It's something that we want to take the kids to. And I know I'm going to cry like the whole time. Um, again, Disney, I don't agree with everything, but it was part of a lot of things that built me as to who I am. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to let a little commercial commercialism affect me because, you know, whatever, like my kids will love it. And I know that I'm going to experience it with them in a way that perhaps someone else may not. (laughs) Yeah, I think feel like you're gonna be crying from like yourself, your own self-realization of all oh, your characters that you grew up loving, but then you're gonna start crying seeing the kids' reactions to their characters, that sort of thing. Exactly. And your partner's just gonna be like, I gotta take these people home at some point. This is <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so at, he's at so least they're gonna be nice. sleeping when we get back to the hotel. I know all three of them. And he's always like, so there's the three of us, the three, like me and the kids are Scorpios. And he's a Capricorn. I don't know if you know signs at all, but like it's, he's got a lot of energy to deal with here. <laughs> a lot of emotions. So, and, and so in speaking with all the energy that you guys have, um, things kind of seem to be opening up here in Ontario. Mm-hmm. What's, um, and cause right, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, what are, um, where do you want to put your energy yeah. going forward? I mean, you've been through so much, you've seen so much and you're experiencing so much. Like, is there any, um, will to like, want to like share those experiences and put that energy toward positivity? Yeah. Like, um, I guess more so again with the experiencing new things, I, um, I just kind of want to go with the flow in sort of in a direction again with the cons and things like that. Um, But in creation of, I really want to bring their world to life. A lot of the times the kids will come up with stories or their own little fantasy worlds. And, you know, I know that the world has a way of crushing that as you get older, So one of my goals is to write down and start working on world building uh, around their fantasies and their imaginations so that when they're older, that I can give that to them, like give that back to them. 
So when we go to the park and stuff like that, I'll be on my phone and writing in the notes, the things that they say, like, oh, we're in an underground restaurant where the fish are swimming around us and things. And it's my goal in the future to write either a book or a comic that's completely based on their their imaginations and their perceptions of the world. So going forward, I'm just going to be observing my kids and writing down everything I can and trying to um, narrow down what they see so that I can make those come to life for them. Dude, that's such a beautiful story and such a beautiful way to end this thing, I think. Um, if people want to see your fashion, if you want to see or get involved or help you in any sort of way in terms of like, you know, passing creative ideas, because I feel like you're one of those types that like to like share ideas and everything. How can people reach out to you? How can people find you on your socials? That sort of thing. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm not great at social media. I'm not an internet person. I'm trying really hard. I, it's not natural to me. Um, <laughs> so I do want to partner with people eventually as to creating a bigger network of people who may not fit into certain categories of specifically cosplay or specifically drag. So um, on my Instagram, um, Nick Jack and Jill. Um, I I've been doing like collaborations with drag artists, so and they're fantastic. An eye, by the way, I really enjoyed them. Thank you. I did take a little hiatus um, because. Well, I know I know of, why you took a hiatus. You had stuff to plan and everything. So yeah, it's it. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, which was uh, kind of annoying because it was Pride Month, and I was like, "Dang it!" Because <laughs> that would have been great. But I have th- some things planned for. Um, Because I just view the summer as pride season. So I have some things planned for July and August. So if people want to reach out to me, I am interested in creating a network of people who um, are more outside of linear ways of thinking about drag and cosplay and and makeup in general or dress up in general, um, that kind of stuff. Because I think there's just so much room for connection in there. And I also am working on two things. I'm working on building a my own shop. Um, I've been trying to put it into uh, vision, into reality for a while. And this is for clothing? This is for like accessories and things like that to kind of um, enhance um, people's imagination. I want to do custom designs. So people will tell me what they're like, fantasy outfit is and I would create it design it for them and then send them an instruction list of how to create it so that's kind of something that I want to work on I'm very crafty um I'm very resourceful so I can maybe help people who may not have the budget to purchase you know outright cosplays and I'd like to guide people as to ways to make their kind of um costume fantasies come true regardless of budget because I used to dress up when I was like on the street still yeah like so there are ways of you know doing that kind of stuff that are within your means and I would just love to connect with people in that way and help them um maybe I might I might, I might send some of my wrestler friends your way for like for like tights designs and stuff like that yeah 
please. That sounds fun. I like it. <laughs> and then you mentioned there's one other thing you guys you were working on. Yeah. So I'm actually also working on, um, I just started working on um, the designs for my Halloween extravaganza. I'm doing it again this year. It's going to be big. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have some crazy costumes and I'm looking to partner with some other um, artists or prop makers who might want to um, incorporate their products into my costumes so that I can help um, like sell their costumes and also elevate the look in general. So if there's somebody who would like to reach out to me again on my Instagram, um, who makes, like I have one person who makes chain mail. So her and I are working together on one specific costume and then all of the things that will be in the photo will be available for purchase. So if somebody wants me to model, in that costume, their wares, I'd love to partner with them on that. And that, again, the Instagram is, I want, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. So I'm just going to say. I can spell it. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. K N I C K. K N I. Oh, crap. No, I got to look at it. I'm not. Yeah, it's, it's Nick Knack, Jack and Jill, right? Yeah. Oh, here. Let okay. me just. Um, I, think we're, I think we're good. I, I'll, I'm, I, I'm doing this video. I haven't done everything, so okay. I, I'll make sure people can see it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I have flip-flopped on names just because it is more difficult, but I always think of things in my head that, and they don't always come out as easy on paper. But. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, to talk thank to you. Thank you so for much this for this opportunity. Hour. No problem. I've really enjoyed it. And hey, whenever you uh, do another drag or uh, have a show going on, let me know and we'll come on and we'll promote that as much as possible. We'll do another full length or here, okay? Yeah, and let me know if you're doing, you know, plays and script writing and I would love to come to one of your comedy shows. I like Yeah, no, as soon as things open up in uh, London, Ontario, we're going to be doing some comedy for sure. I hope Great. so. Right, my brother lives there, so I'll be around. Oh, perfect. I will let you know if there's a big show happening and we hopefully can uh, connect in person. <laughs> over Yay, a beer or thank you so much, Mitch, for this. This is great. No problem, Jack Jill. <laughs> Did I get right? Jack Jill, yeah, it's one of those. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank okay, you for being talk on. To you. Have a great weekend. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Nick Knack Jack or uh, Joe Pie. Um, I learned a lot. Um, sometimes it's just best for me to know, or for anyone really, just like if you're, if you're, if you don't know, just ask a question. There's no such thing as a, as a bad question. As long as you know, you say it with respect and with, um, um, politeness, I would say. Um, so yeah, follow them on uh, their social medias. All of them will be down below. Uh, the one I follow uh, most is uh, Nick Knack, Jack and Jill on Instagram. I they have some amazing cosplays, some amazing uh, drag king, drag king photographs, and just an overall great uh, set of uh, photographs there if you're interested in that sort of thing. Uh, you can always follow me at NeverfullMitchie on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then uh, I still have to try and figure out a way to out these episodes. So uh, stay tuned next week. We have a really great uh, guest then as well. I've, got, I've been putting interviews in the bank, so we have guests for lots and lots of days. So we're going to keep this thing going, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. So, you know, have a great week. Cheers. <laughs>